<laughs> Hello, Toya. How are you today? Hello, Toya. I'm good. How y'all doing? We good. Doing good. Hi. Amen. That's so good. I'm so glad you could join us. Malcolm, I'm glad you could join us too. Me too. It's been a while. I was like, let me go ahead and start this back up. Hi, Toya. How you been? I'm good. How are you, handsome? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Can't complain. Oh my gosh. That's nice to hear your voice. I miss you guys. Makes my night. (laughs) Me too. Me too. Well, that was good. I'm so glad. Toya, how did your day go today? It went um, fairly well. It was fairly well. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for all your blessings. We thank you, Lord, that you've been so good to us. We thank you, Lord, that you allowed us to come together one more chance, one more time to say thank you and to discuss your word. We thank you, Lord, for shielding us from all hurt, harm, or danger. And we ask you, Lord, to bless us, bless each household, bless each person, every individual, every family on this household with the love that you see fit to exude to them. We know that you are great. We know that you are mighty. We know that your son died for our sins and we do not take that for granted, but we hold it deep in our heart. We bless you and we thank you and we love you. And we give you all honor and glory and praise in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 So, good evening, Dr. Marcel. Yes, good evening, doctor. <laughs> yes, so, Hi, doctor. <laughs> we are so glad that you all can join us today. Uh, like I said, last week we talked about, we, we're still in the book of Romans, but God had led us to kind of move in a different direction. Um, tonight, uh, if you all had received your handouts, we, you know, I tried to put together it a little more extensively to be reflected of everything that we have covered up to this point to bring about the forward point, you know, and in our previous discussions of Romans, I was thinking about it and I was praying about it and I was asking the Lord, you know, Lord, what were your key points and what were your key things that you wanted us to get out of each chapter? And I outlined it the way the Lord led me to put it in an outline that hopefully it could help us to move on to this next Romans in 11 chapter, where the first the Romans, the first chapter, the key points was the commitment, you know, where uh, Paul made a commitment. He said he wanted to go and he wanted to introduce himself. Then he began to talk more about the the requirements to being saved, you know, the background of what the Jewish people and the Gentile people, their mannerism, the characteristics of them. And then it talks, uh, he talked on about um, how they needed to uh, change. They needed to uh, understand that they need a savior. They needed to understand that, that their lineage and the historical value that they came to understand as the law was not enough to save them. So they needed to to change and shift the focus of 
what they thought and who they thought um, about God because they knew God was almighty. God was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They understood that um, that everything that they received and everything that they had gotten in their lives up to this point was because they believed it's them upholding the law. However, them upholding the law, as Paul said, wasn't enough. They needed to make another commitment. And he goes on to say that in this new, in this new offering or this new uh, opportunity that Paul is presenting to them, that they needed to find peace in that, knowing that people were going to come against them, people were going to talk against their newfound commitment. So they needed to find peace in that commitment. The Bible says in the, the uh, Romans fifth chapter, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then it says, therefore, Meaning and meaning, and for this reason, that's what therefore means. There are there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. See, Paul was building these things up. He was laying out the case for salvation to the Jew, to the Jewish uh, believers and the non-believers and the Gentiles there. So he was laying out this case very intricately to where he wanted them to get it and he didn't want to leave no stone unturned while he was doing this. So he first, he told them that, okay, all of the things that you understood, okay, that's great, but there's a new commitment that need to be had in your hearts. And he says, once you find it in your heart, you know, that's good, you should have peace in your commitment, meaning don't fall back, don't backslide on it, don't, don't waver in it. He says that even though people come against you, there is now no condemnation, meaning can't nobody condemn you for your belief. <clears throat> and he went on in chapter eight, you know, we talked about the blessed assurance of, of Christ. And at Romans eight, it says, what then shall we say in response to all these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Now, see, that's very important because if we don't know that God is for us, and then, you know, we won't have that assurance and understanding that no matter what goes on surrounding our lives, whatever happens in our lives, that how would we know that God is with us? We got to have that, that affirming. We have to have that affirmation in our hearts to know that if God is for me, if I know God is with me, if I know God has blessed me through circumstance and situation, then I don't have to worry about that. Who could be against me? There's nobody greater than God, no one bigger than God in my life. So if God is for me, who could be against me? Wow. And when we think about all the things that we went through in our lives, just us personally, our person, because I, I just want to really hone in and discuss that everything that we're doing, we have the Bible as a template, but everything that we're doing up to this point, it's a personal walk. It's a personal commitment. It's a personal dedication. I can't, I can't walk my walk for you. Denise Kane, Dr. Marcel, nobody on this call can walk our walk for us because we are all fitly and wonderfully joined and wonderfully made in Christ and in God. God made us uniquely. Even 
a twin doesn't have all the, the exact chromosomes. So how, how wonderful is that to know that each one of us has an individual choice and an individual assurance that if God is for us, who could be against us? And then he goes on, um, he wants us to know that, and, and further in verse eight is, know in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who love us. Now, we got God. Paul is telling us, don't worry, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is the same. However, you need to catch a hold to this, this plug in. You got to have this attachment. You got to have this uh, amendment. You got to have this addendum in your life, meaning that this is something that's going to get you even closer, faster to God. You know, you, you, you kept the laws as good as you could, as best as you could, but you kept sinning. You kept falling away. You kept having issues with how I've been in you, you know, structuring the commandments. Okay. So now, I have to give grace, I have to give mercy, I have to find uh, uh, a mediator for you now, which is Jesus Christ. And he's saying that in all of those things, we should now move forward into being justified. When we are justified, that means all of our sins are, are, are covered under the blood of Jesus. And that should give us peace and faith. And when we have faith, it's more than having faith as an ATM God or faith knowing that Jesus got my back is more than having faith that believing that no matter what happened to me, God is with me. It's more than that. Our faith is supposed to be so great until we feel like we are conquerors. And that's what he talked about in, in Romans 8. He said, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Now, if we know Jesus loved us and we know God loved us and their love is what we talked about last week and that spiritual maturity, the agape love. That means they loved us so much and their love is so strong that they love, love others, you know, and that's the, 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 the final step in spiritual maturity is love. And when we, when we think about the love, then we start thinking about, okay, what must I do to please God? What must I do? What can I do? What can I offer? It's a scripture in the Bible that says, what shall I render unto the Lord for all these things that he's done for me? And when we think about that, wow, it starts to really resonate because, you know, we started thinking, what shall I render? What what, what do I have that's that the God that, saved me, this God that woke me up this morning, God that has sustained in my life, what shall I render to him? Now, see, that's a, a personal question. That's a personal question. What shall we give individually? We can, we can congregate together. We could be a community of believers. We could be a bodies of called out ones. But the individual calling, the individual calling is a calling to holiness. And Part of that calling to holiness means that if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And for this is with your heart that you believe and is justified. And with this, your mouth and, your profession, and you profess your faith that you are saved. 
So see, it becomes personal now. Now, when you confess your sins, when you believe in your heart, your mind and your, your heart and your soul, those three, three things are now back to the commitment, back to the walk, back to the spiritual start of, of holiness. And your holiness is a progressive state. It's a progressive walk to where you have to learn how to do these things. And last week we talked about um, how uh, the eight, the eight spiritual, uh, eight steps to spiritual maturity. So when we talked about the eight steps of spiritual maturity, they gave us outline of what those spiritual things are, you know, and these things are the maturity levels that we all see daily. We should see in our walk. We should see love. We should see perseverance, uh, self-control, goodness, faithfulness, treating others nicely, gentleness. Those are things, brotherly kindness and, and brotherly kindness acts of love. Those are the steps towards spiritual maturity because you, when people see that in you, see that in your walk, then they see that something's different. Your light is shining. The, 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 the peace of God is in you. And the teachings of the Bible are in you. It's not in your head. It's not just something you got head knowledge. It's not just you thinking about it and you reading it and you studying. Everybody can study. We study, you know, Dr. Marcel and myself and a whole lot of other of us on there. We done been to school. We done been to high school. We done been to grammar school. We done been to all these places. And we got tons of books that the teacher tell us, now take this book out, read chapter five, chapter five and give me a, uh, give me a, a understanding on that and we're going to have a test. And see, G, the, the Bible, what's so great about the Bible is the Bible tests us every day. And the way the Bible tests us is through our trials and through circumstances and situations that comes up against us in our daily walk. And if we're not connected to the scriptures, if we're not in the Bible, if we're not reading the Bible, if we're not praying, if we're not seeking the Holy Spirit guidance, you know, then it's just another book. It's just like you're going to regular school and you're just reading a book and got to give a book report. But the book, the Bible becomes personal when we understand what the messages are in the Bible. All the messages are inspired by God, but written by man. So in our maturity, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit needs to be inside of us. We need to seek the Lord daily, ask the Holy, ask God to infill us with, with the Holy Spirit so that we can become students of his word. And when we become students of his word, we'll be prepared for those tests that come against us. And when we are prepared for those tests, that means our prayer life is strong. Our witness is even stronger because we overcome by the blood of our lamb, blood of the lamb and the words of our testimony. Our testimony becomes strengthened when we know that we've been through a strong storm, been through a battle, been through a hell and back in our lives. And we can live to tell a story, but we can live to only tell the story when we know that God was with us and the Holy Spirit led us and guide us, guided us in all truth. So that leads us further into this, this uh, next step is our sanctification and our calling. When we are 
on our journey and our mission towards sanctification. That means, like the subject we we're talking about, living as we are called. We are willingly living to be according to the calling of God on our lives. And that brings me to Romans 11 and that chapter. It says in Romans 11, chapter 29, I'm, I'm sorry, Romans chapter 11, verse 29. It says, God's promises, oh, not that one. Yeah, Romans 11, uh, chapter 29, uh, Romans chapter 11, verse 29, it says, God's promise to take away the sins of his chosen for God's gift and his call are irrevocable. Now let's think about that one scripture. I know that there's other scriptures that, that all aware that throughout Romans 11, 29, but just that one in the, in the same vein and the path of what we're studying and going dis, discussing right now, you know, it says that God's call is irrevocable. That means that God has a plan and a purpose for each of us. And that no matter how much or how far outside of God's will we go, as long as we're alive, his calling is still on our lives. Now, we, we might think, secondly, we might get into that other structure where a lot of people that are more saved than us will tell us, oh, no, no, you got to get back in, 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 in church. You have to do this and that and the other. But let's listen to what the, the scripture says. It says that his, God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. So that means you can do wrong. You can go out there and you can do all those damnable things except blaspheme God. And God has enough love in his heart. That's the agape love to forgive you and show you mercy in that state. But at the same time, when he calls you, he qualifies you and he justifies you. But at the same time as an individual, we aren't supposed to take that for granted. We aren't supposed to think that grace is gonna always be there and mercy is gonna always be at, uh, at our beck and call. When it's irrevocable, that's, it, that might be true, but God gonna send you through circumstance upon circumstance upon circumstance until you heed his calling. So a, a lot of times we come across people that be trying to figure out, well, man, why is this always happening to me? Why can't I find peace? Why am I always stressed? Why do I have situations and finances are blocked? And why can't I get ahead? And why does everything that I try to do, why doesn't it work out for me? Well, that's because, you know, you're calling you're not living in your calling. You're not answering the call of God. Sometimes, this, and that's where the the Romans 10, 9, and, and 10 comes in. If you confess and believe, you know, your confession that you love the Lord and your, your commitment that you're going to do what God called you to do, because God hears of your call. God hears your, hear your personal 
cries and your pleas and your discussions that with you. Because a lot of times we can have discussions with God and say, Lord, if if, if you do this for me, I'm I'm, I'm sure going to be grateful. Lord, if you, you know, we, we, we've all been there where we ask God for something, you know, and he give it to us. And, and then we going on back to what we're doing. We forget about it. But that faint voice in the back of our mind says, okay, you remember you told God if you did this, you was going to do that. Remember that. But that other part of you, that other person continues on, you know, but the call is still there on your life. Now it's the process of sanctification, the process of holiness that needs to take place in your life where there's a change. There's a change in your life. There's a change in how you think and feel about things, you know, and that you desire to walk in faith that pleases God. So I'm going to stop right there if someone want anything that want have something to say. Yes, I, I want to say something, but I want to read this little short script, scripture. It's in Romans chapter 10, um, verse um, 17. Let, let me go at verse 16. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Okay, the Lord put in my spirit, this is, this is kind of like, okay, many of us are guilty of not really reading the Bible in the years past, present, and maybe in the future as much as we really, really need to read it. I mean, like become so connected to it that it becomes where we are just thinking about, we might be thinking about something carnal, but all of a sudden the Holy Spirit dropped a scripture into our minds, into our spirits. And then we're like, wow. Then all of a sudden, you know, we start meditating on the word of God without even physically going, sitting down to the Bible, turning the pages to learn um, the scriptures. So what I'm saying is that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God wants us to recognize how important these scriptures are. There were many lives that died for this for this word. They died, I mean, they died horrible persecutions and deaths because they wanted to lay hold of the scriptures to understand what the, 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 the apostles and prophets were talking about so that they would have that hope that would help them to live every day and endure whatever troubles came into their lives and those troubles some troubles sometimes are not always money it's not always you know sickness it's, it's just bad things happen all the time to good people mm -hmm. but when you really want God and you are thirsting and hungering about knowing who he is you have to you have to lay hold of when now we have the freedom to realize that we got the old and the new testament and a prime example here, saints, we all, we all know that this word is so powerful. Just think about a time in our lives when we, God is calling us now. He's calling us out of the world because all of us tonight, we know that the Lord has put into our spirits that he wants us and that he wants to save us because we all have been stuck in darkness and, and been in bad situations that we voluntarily accepted and put ourselves in and things that just happened randomly because we were in situations we had no business or associated with people we had no business being with. But when we think about how if, if at those times 
we wanted to call somebody because we were troubled. We wanted to know how to get out of those troubling, those trials and tribulations that were just those warfares, those times that were just eating at us. And we, to just think about it, if we knew more about the word of God, it would trump running to people. Because running to people, they always don't have the kind of faith that the, the saints before us that died to give us this word. To, they risked their lives to leave these testaments, letters, for us to have freedom in Christ and choose with our, our faith. You know, it's like a ticket. Our faith is like a ticket to salvation, you know, because that's in exchange. We give God our faith and in exchange, he gives us salvation. He gives us grace. And what that means is that we can't work for it. We can't earn it and nothing in our natural aura, our intellect, our money, whatever we were born into that makes us feel like we are privileged and we're better than somebody else. None of that is, none of that gets you nowhere in God. What gets you connected to God is your faith. Faith is invisible. Faith is just like God, it's invisible. He's a spirit. So your faith is connected. Your faith represents who he is. And the more that you have faith, the bigger God is in your life, the bigger he is in your spirit. Because whatever it is that you want, you have to be in agreement with his word. I have found myself in, in my going on 55 years and the years that I did latch on to the word of God at age 12, I have found myself realizing that if I wanted something, in this world well and something like a car, a job. First of all, I learned early on, I had to fast and pray and go to God, not learn how to steal, cheat, lie, and sleep with people and do wicked things to get things that the people of the world do today. They sit back and they learn how to plot and be wicked and do all kinds of, sort of sorts of evil and dark things. But of course, the Bible tells us who they are. They're serving the kingdom of darkness. So this word of God is teaching us how to walk in the kingdom of light, the kingdom of God. So we are all called to be a part of God's eternal kingdom, which is that heavenly place that we want to reside and be with him eternally. And so when you think about these scriptures, these scriptures, they trump us running to our friends for their opinion about our our uh, fate when it comes down to something that we are afraid that may happen to us or something that we truly want. Our friends, they don't know what to do. They shrug their shoulders. They like, I don't know what to tell you to do. When it comes to that invisible, that invisible thing that God has put inside of us, that emptiness that requires that we get to know him because only he can feel that emptiness that we are lacking, which is that eternal peace, that faith, and that joy in the Holy Spirit because God's spirit is what resides in us when we accept him. When we accept him again, we're exchanging our will, our doing, our works in exchange for his grace, his salvation, his righteousness, his word. And when I can't find somebody in, the, in, in my life around me physically that is serving God the way that I believe their faith can touch my faith and we can then get an answer from God. If I don't have that connection with someone, guess what I do? I get on my knees. I get in this word and I find somebody in this word that needed something from the Lord that I'm serving, the God of the Holy Bible, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I get my faith and touch and agree with that scripture. And I become partner with this. And guess what? I'm living a victorious life because 
because this is what God did. He trained me in the scriptures. He's training my faith in these scriptures. It's not just about, oh, this is so boring to me. Yeah, my flesh is crying out. My flesh is tired, want to sleep, want a donut, want chips, want to go to the movies, uh, might want to go to the club on a Saturday night when I was out there in the world, couldn't get up in the morning on Sunday to hear no scriptures, didn't want to be connected to this as much as I needed to be connected to it because it is the inexhaustible word of God. It can really bless your life. I mean, when you are new coming to this, just start in the book of John, start right there. Take one scripture at a time and slowly dissect it, process it, ask God to open up your understanding, feed your spirit so that you can know him. Because again, you can't get nothing from God without faith. Faith is your passport. Faith is everything that we need, saints, to be to be able to endure the times that's ahead of us. Because there's trouble in our way, as the old church song says, trouble in my way. Sometimes I have, I have to cry. cry. You know, those are old hymns, but they are true songs. They are true testimonies. And so I just want to make sure that we all know that. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's not always preached. It is in the scriptures. It's laid out in these scriptures. Get in the scriptures and find out what God did for the many people that had to turn to him. They needed him just like we do. We do. They made it through. So we want to be able to reap the same spiritual inheritance and have that reward of eternal life in Christ. Every Thursday, whenever we come on this line, we know that it's being it's being written, it's being documented to angels. All of this, all of these words, we are accountable for this because this is judgment work. Every word that we sow into this Bible study and every participant that gets something from it, it is a seed. And God wants you to do something with that seed. He wants you to bury that inside of your heart. And again, when you can't find somebody who touch and agree with your dreams, with your faith, God healing your body, find somebody in these scriptures that you can touch and agree so your faith can come alive and you can see more and more that this word is true. It is alive and breathing. So I just want to say that I pray that tonight that this word really blesses our souls and spirits. Amen. 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 I'm, anyone else have anything to say? I, I'm going to yield for a few minutes, for a few seconds, before we conclude. Well, I know it's a blessing to mine. Hey, everybody. Um, hey. <laughs> but uh, like Mom said, um, some friends you just can't, you know, run to about certain things because, you know, their level of faith might, might not be on your same level. You know, exactly. so so you have to, you know, pray privately and God will bless you publicly. So um, it is a blessing, like you said, that we could just fellowship and be on the call with one another. So it, it is most definitely a blessing to me in my household. So I just love that we could get together and just talk about just little simple things or you know, things that may be going wrong or even with the happy time. So um, I uh, most definitely agree with everything. And I love coming on here every night. So I just, I'm just happy to just be on here with you guys. I'm glad to have so you. glad to have you too. Likewise, likewise, my first time joining, but I know how the, the program <laughs> goes. And I'm, I'm so thankful, honestly, to just be back and in the right headspace to 
fellowship with the people I love and that have supported me and the creator that has kept me in a long journey. So I'm just thankful and blessed over here. Amen. Amen. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That is awesome. And that's what we need daily. That's what we need weekly, monthly. We need to stay encouraged and stay uplifted and keep affirming one another's commitment to Christ. Mm -hmm. And our commitment to Christ have to always be at the forefront of who we are as believers. Because if we're not committed to building a personal relationship with Christ, if we're not committed to understanding his word, if we're not committed to seeking God's purpose for our life, if we're not committed to lay aside all of the weights and the sins that keeps us from, from building and growing spiritually, if we're not fully committed, to it, then that's going to leave avenue. That's going to leave room for the devil to come into our, our space and, and try to disrupt us, try to tell us that what you're doing, you don't have the time or don't read the Bible right now. Or the devil even get into friends to come into your home to distract you when you know for sure you're getting ready to do something uh, uh, spiritual, when you're getting ready to pray or when you're getting ready, you're having a great day. Here come, like the Bible says, whenever I desire to do good, evil is always present. And, and you know, that is true. What you live long enough, keep living, I promise you, that scripture is going to always resonate in your mind and your in your spirit. Whenever I desire to do good or do well, evil is always there. And that, that means that evil is anything that, that's going to come against God's will and plan for your life. And that's what it is. But if we are 100% committed, number one, and we are allowing the Holy Spirit to indwell us to lead us and guide us into all truth then we will become what the bible tells us the temple of the holy spirit now there is precedence on what the temple of the holy spirit is the temple of the holy spirit is not made of wood or stone or brick the temple of the holy spirit is where the spirit resides and if we as individuals desire to have the Holy Spirit within us. That means the Holy Spirit needs to be welcomed. And mean being welcomed mean we have to uphold our commitment to continue to seek or clean out our temple in a way that the Holy Spirit will be happy to come in and fellowship and keep us. Because the holiness and sin, both of those things, they cannot, they cannot exist together or, or uh, being saved and being unsaved. Those two things cannot exist. The Bible talks about it was the Laodicean church. They were the lukewarm church. The book of Revelation talks about it. We don't want to be that lukewarm church. We don't want to be that lukewarm body of believers. We don't want to be that lukewarm uh, 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 believer 
to where we don't know whether we're sinning or we don't know whether we're saved. That's where we are maturing, when we're living as we're called, when we're understanding the path that God has for us. We might stumble. Yeah, we're going to stumble because all have sinned. And we are going to have situations and times where we're not going to feel all that sin. But that's because we... It ain't about a feeling. That's what I'm saying. It's not about a feeling. It's about, you know, understanding that the Holy Spirit lead us and guide us and comforts us when those times come. Think about when Job was going through his situation and he was being tested and tried by the devil. And and he said, though you slay me, yet will I trust. You know, in spite of everything that Job went through, he still trusted. And that's what we have to do as believers today. We have to still find that, that, that commitment in our lives to trust God for all things. And 1 Corinthians uh, 3, 16 and 17, the book of 1 Corinthians, uh, the third chapter, 16th and 17th verse. You got it? Uh, what was the, as 501 1 Corinthians? And then uh, what was the verse? Uh, the third chapter. Third chapter. 16 and 17 verse. Okay, cool, got it. Now, I want you to really understand what Paul is saying right now, because he had some talks about it and been discussions everywhere, you know, but what he's saying is do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy. Which temple are you? (laughs) You know, which temple you are. So you got to think about it in, in reference to that. You know, wow. Paul is telling us that we are the temple of God. So the things that we put in our temple, the thoughts that we put in our temples, the, the uh, I'll say the, the clothing, the furniture that we put in our temple. You know what the, temp- the temple furniture is? It's those different thoughts. It's those different things that you eat, those different things that you drink, those different uh, things that you go about your day. You are the temple. Every day that you walk around, you are the temple. The light, the Holy Spirit rests, rules, and abides in your temple when it is clean. When your temple is clean and the Spirit dwells within you, that means your light's going to shine. The light of the Holy Spirit will shine in your heart and in your mind, where all those things people will see. And I know people see the Holy Spirit within us as we walk daily. We have to keep cleaning out the temple, cleaning out the things with the old thoughts and the old characteristics and the old things that we used to do so that the Holy Spirit could dwell within us, you know. And he went on to say that in in Colossians, when we go to Colossians, the third chapter, he talks about when we are called and how we live, 
when we live it as we call, it says, if then, if we are raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth, for you died and your life is hidden with God and with Christ and God. When Christ, who is our life, appears when you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore, put on, put, therefore, put to death your members, and we're talking about the members again, which are on the earth. So, see, Paul wants us to understand moving in that direction towards holiness, that if our temple, if our bodies is the temple, that means we have to escape those things we have to get rid of. We have to cast down those things that causes our temple to be defiled. And it starts with the heart. It starts with the mind where, where the defilement begins. When the mind and the heart are both being defiled by thoughts, imaginations, um, desires. We talked about that as being carnality, and that sinful desires are the carnalities of man. But God, but Paul is telling us to put all those things away. And when we put those things away, that allows the Holy Spirit to fill it with his word, with his love and the, the holiness of God and the sanctification of, of God, which are, again, those spiritual maturity values, which are the uh, godliness, the faithfulness, gentleness, the self-control, um, the perseverance, the God, you know, those things that are in us. And the Holy Spirit would help us with those things when we fully commit. See, I keep saying the word commit because it's important for us to understand that when you are committed, just like in a relationship, Paul was telling those people, uh, as we live as, as telling the people in Colossia, um, what their commitment should be in the Christian home. What, you know, wives submit your, submit to your own husband, uh, husband, love your wives, children, obey your parents, father, don't provoke your children to become discouraged. That's all found in Colossians, the third chapter. So if you um, write that down a little bit, where you at Malcolm in your Bible or handwrite it somewhere, Colossians, the third Let me grab that. <laughs> so Colossians third chapter, it really talks about living uh, as you're called on this earth, the holiness, the structure, the, the discipline, the spiritual maturity, all those things come into one full play right there, that these are the ways that you uh, show and exhibit that the Holy Spirit is walking in you and with you, you know, and, and it's important that we understand those things. We, we, we get beat upside the head when people want to get married with this, these scriptures, you know, and, and they take it from a perspective of submission, submission, obedience, submission, obedience, and all of that stuff. Ain't even what they're talking about. They ain't even in the context of what that meant. <laughs> but people will put that on on you to try to hold you in some type of spiritual bondage to, to something. 
So when you think of the context of what Colossians was was read was meant to be read, this is talking about Christian love. <laughs> this is talking about exhibiting love. This is talking about showing love in the family structure. <laughs> this is not talking about submit. Go in there and cook me some queens. Where my where my five dollars at? You know they ain't talking about that in the. In the <laughs> <laughs> they're not talking about that they're they talking about the Christian love you know so you know we have to understand reading the Bible the content and the context of the scriptures when you really read it for what it, God is talking about in these scriptures and all of the writers they're talking to overall everything they're talking about is love they're talking everything is predicated on structuring our bodies as living temples, as holy vessels, or as examples and lights and beacons of love. It, because the, the scripture tells us the greatest commandment, the greatest commandment is to love thy neighbor as thyself and to love your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and, and mind. So when we put all that in perspective, everything we do in life should exhibit love. I, you know, even if you, you, you're getting beat up with love, even if things are not going your way and you're trying to love on people and, and you're trying to show people that you care and you have that commitment toward loving them, you know, that's where the perseverance comes from. <laughs> that's where the, that spiritual maturity comes in at, you know, if thing and the kindness comes in at, I mean, it, it comes at a point where you just have to per, pray for people, but you could pray for people in love. And, and that still exhibits God's call on our lives when we are able to do that. But, you know, just for future references, when people start talking about why submit to your husband and and the thing about it is says submit to your own husband. Now, you know, I don't know about somebody got somebody else's wife husband and all that stuff going on. But, you know, we, we, we are bond servants to Christ. We are bond servants to the Holy Spirit. We are bond servants to our calling. And the Bible tells us that many are called, but few are chosen. Now, we should all strive to get to that part of being chosen because even though we are called the, the chosen process, it's like a, just think of it like a, like a job interview. You go to, you know that they're hiring at Amazon. I say they're hiring at Amazon and you got the line all the way around the block. Now the call went out. Okay, it's a job. It's job fair going on. Everybody got their resume. Everybody got their application, and everybody's standing in line and they're giving it to the human resource, and and, and they got called, you know. And then they went through the hiring process. The hiring process is when HR brings you in for the interview, and just like us today, our interview process is ongoing with God because we're going to be asked to do things. We're going to be asked to sacrifice things. We're going to be asked uh, to walk a certain way on this earth while we are committed to wanting to be chosen. So just like when we want to get that job, we put on the best suits. We try to dress to impress. We try to, you know, clean ourselves up for the man, you know, the man, we got to go and see the man, you know, and get this job. So it's the same way for us in our process of being chosen. 
to do the work. Because if you think about it, Jesus had 10, 12 disciples. And you look in the Bible, how many of those disciples actually wrote books of the Bible that we live by and go by? You know, those were chosen amounts of, of those chosen the apostles that by the scriptures are written in, in the Bible or were canonized. So when we think about that, we have to first identify that our chosen process is individual. Our chosen process is different. And when we find those, those things that helps us stand out above the rest, meaning our commitment level, our faith level, our prayer life, our fast and praying, our ability to love on people, to show love no matter what, to sustain from sinful acts, to sustain from um, non-committal ways of, the, uh, of our Christian walk, and more importantly, to live holy to where God speaks through us, that God uses us, God gives us spiritual gifts. When we are able to get to that place, then God will choose us. We are become the chosen nation, the chosen people that people all talks about that they are chosen and that, you know, and, and it's not by lineage. The chosen is the spiritual chosen, the people that signs and wonders follow, signs and wonders when they pray, you know, prayers are answered when they touch on and agree with people. You know, things happen, move in a spirit. When you find a chosen person like that, a person that you call up and you ask them to pray for something and it happens, then you know that that identifies them as a chosen person because signs and wonders and the Holy Spirit cannot dwell in, as the Bible Corinthian scripture says that our temple is a holy temple and the spirit of God dwells. And if anyone defiles that temple, God will destroy it. Now, that's what we need to know. When our temple is defiled, we know that the Holy Spirit can't dwell in it. So we have to maintain that commitment to keep it clean. And um, I'm going to hold for if anyone has anything to say. Yes, I want, I want to say when we definitely, you know, talk about keeping our temple clean, you know, that that's, it starts with your, you know, with your eye gate, what you look at, what you read, what you stare at, you know, our eyes are like cameras, it's, it's like taking photos of everything that we look at, and so with that, though, with those photos, they're going down into your subconscious. And so your subconscious is like a, a data, a, a database that's programmed, that's programmed to release and do the things that you studied and watch with your eyes. Your eyes are your eye gate, your ears are your ear gate. And what I mean by gate, that means that it's like an opening. It's an opening for information to enter into your spirit, into your heart and into your mind. So you want to protect all of that and keep your conscious swept clean. And how you keep this clean is that you say, mm, this program, it got too much, mm -mm, got too much blood killing. It's wickedness. It's evil. I don't, I don't want that. Even though you may think you can handle it, but now the word of God here tells you in Romans 12, 1, 12.2, it, it tells us to, you know, 
uh, present our bodies as a living sacrifice. So now here it comes back to the body. What is the body? My eyes, my mind, my ears, you know, my hands. Okay, all of these things are members and these things can get contaminated with the stuff that we, that we it let enter into our minds every day. So we have to be so careful. Just like when you was, we was children. When we was kids, we'd sit up and eat candy all day. Don't care nothing about no dinner, no spaghetti, no hamburgers. We didn't want that stuff. We wanted candy, we wanted junk food, ice cream. Because at that point, we didn't know what a cavity felt like. We know what no pain felt like from all that bad eating. So once we got some cavities, we started kicking back saying, we don't want that sugar because that's bad for us. But shame on our parents if they gave us all that sugar and didn't discipline us. So that's the same thing with the word of God. He's telling us, okay, I'm giving you your free will here. Yet I have chosen you, but I'm giving you a free will. And, your, and the free will is that he's showing us the difference in our choices that we make. When we make, he still loves us, you know, because he died for all of us. But it all determines on how well we present our bodies to him. How well, because that's our reasonable service to him. He don't want our money. He don't want our gifts. He don't want our talents because he gave us that. So he can decide to dry that up anytime he wants to anyway. But what he wants, he wants is that that free will he gave us. He wants us to take our attention off of ourselves and feeding our flesh with all the things that it likes and wants and all the tantrums that we've had and that and even private talks we've had with ourselves about, oh, I want that dress. I'm going to save up. I'm going to get that dress. It costs $755. You only got one place you're going to wear it, but you want that dress right. So you, it's certain things that all of us individually desire and want, but we necessarily don't really need, right? So the Lord wants us to start shifting our minds and attention off of our wants and the things that we think will make us happy. Because material things he's showing us as we get older, just like with candy when we was little, the candy ain't that good no more when you become an adult. A Kit Kat bar, you can see Three Musketeers and Milky Ways. You can see all that stuff all day long in the grocery store. Do you really reach for it? No, you go get you some uh, supplements. You go get you some vitamins. You go get you some steak. You go get you some chicken wings. <laughs> you look at that pizza. You think that something with a little more nutrition to it, even though that's all not. But you're not buying junk food and Skittles and candy and Snickers and, you know, all that junk because you're not going to have enough fuel in your tank to last you to feel good about what you are now supposed to be protecting and, and cherishing and presenting yourself to be prepared for God's journey. So we got to be careful what we feed our minds and what we look at because it starts right there because be believe it or not, I don't have this, uh, this problem and I pray nobody on this line have it, but I have heard that people that watch pornography, those images that get into their minds, they can't turn that off. Once they sit, they have sat there for hours and let that stuff get into their spirit. People said that's almost something that throughout your entire life that you cannot escape. So we know God can deliver you from it, but we don't ever want that affliction and that lust and those images in your mind. Even when you don't, you, they said when you're not even thinking about those things, they just start running through your mind and you see the whole act and everything. So we, that's why God is saying it's a lot of stuff that we are forbidding to look at and to touch and to taste and to smell. And so we got to be careful with our five senses on top of that because it'll get us in trouble. So as we mature in the, in the scriptures and in these eight steps, 
we have to really pay attention. We're running a race. When we don't let go something and we don't, we don't, don't go pick that junk food back up no more. Don't go, you don't want that no more. You know, you don't shook that sugar habit. Don't start back, you know what I'm saying, thinking you can have this and have that. You know, you ain't even really craving it. You just, the, you just looking at it and you just touching it. And next thing you know, it might hinder your walk. It might hinder your weight loss. It just might cause you to have diabetes. I mean, it's all kinds of things that we just got to know it takes it, it's, it's a fight. It's a fight, y'all. Once you open that door and the, and the devil come on in with all his treats and all of his enjoyment and excitement, five minutes he done spent with you and now you fighting some 30 years you ain't can't even get delivered from. So we just want to be cautious um, realizing how the word of God is our fortress. It is our defense. It is everything that we need to fortify us in this spiritual warfare that we are up against every day. And this is not picking on nobody's whatever but this we all in this thing because satan he'll try try all kinds of stuff to say okay i'm gonna get you next week because since you want to tell somebody somebody about this because i don't got a tax so much on this line that i i bind him every day because he's not gonna have my voice he's not gonna have his way in my life and so i i let him know my back ain't weak that is my statement. I'm willing to fight. I'm willing to fight whether I'm sick or not to talk about the things of God and the word of God, because I know that the words that we speak, they're seeds and they're seeds that are being sown in the spirit realm. And I want my offspring. I want my future to be blessed. I want to be with Christ in eternity. I believe the older I've gotten, the saints that ran before me, relatives and different people who was trying to get me to come this way. I thank God that he did not give up on me and, and say, you didn't want me then. I don't want you now, but he's so merciful. That's why we need to pour out our hearts and thank him for the food on our table. <clears throat> thank him for the for the lights on. Thank him for rent. Thank him for the, the, the mortgage being paid. Thank him for, you know, if we don't have a, just thank him for those small things because he is a God of faithfulness. And I do want to, I do want to share a, a short testimony at the close of the, um, hour. I know we got on here late, but I'm going to pause right there and give, give it back to Elder Walker. If anyone else have anything to say, I'm going to open the floor. Um, I, I just want to say, go ahead, Malcolm. Oh, no, I was just going to say, sorry to cut you off. Um, I'm a little quiet this week just because it's been a long week and I'm just waking up from a nap, but I'm very excited to continue this and honestly give you guys a little bit of my generation story and just what's been going on because like a lot of people need help and they just need to hear some good words and this is like a perfect platform for people to just come in and there's no judgment and it just feels like you're learning something positive to walk forward in this very tricky climate that we're all in so I'm just glad that everyone's sounding positive and doing well and fighting hard hallelujah amen, amen. 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 No, you can continue. Sorry. <laughs> Latoya, did you have something to add? Oh, no, y'all can go ahead. Amen, Malcolm. Go ahead. Y'all can finish. You sure? Go ahead. Okay, well, to add to that, um... <laughs> Like Mom said, um, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So we have to be mindful of, you know, the things we see and the things we be around, even including with, you know, the people that we trust in our circle. So like you say, you never know, like, who has something against you or, 
you know, it, like they may love you, and but still at the same time, you know, envy your good news or, you know, just have some type of underlying jealousy, you know. But like you said, um, all of that doesn't matter. Um, the only thing that does matter is as long as, as long as we, like that shirt said, get your face up, know them scriptures, and right, <laughs> get your face up, know them scriptures, and know when the devil come. Okay, when this happened, instead of me feeling down again in my slump, let me go to this scripture. Let me go to this chapter. Let me turn to this. Let me turn to that, and use that for platform as a guide to be like, okay, God, I got this. Show me, lead me in the way. So I feel like um, when we do have setbacks, when we do have tests, God turned that and turned it around for what the devil made for bad. He turned it into good because he turned those into our testimonies. If we just comfortable all the time, then we're going to be sitting back like, hey, you know, I got it made. I'm feeling good. You know, you're going to kind of stray a little bit. So I feel like those tests, you know, we he have those there to teach us lessons in life. So if we never have those, we won't know like, hey, God is real. Or, you know, I need to like straighten up because God used certain situations to make people straighten up and get their act together and say, hey, like, God, okay, let me stop playing with you. I know you're real. Let me fall back in line. So he, he does use those tests to turn them into testimonies. So we can go out there and um, tell our peers, look what God has done for us. You know, don't be down, my brother. Like, um, give examples of the goodness that he has shown us, the mercy that he has shown us. So that does go a long way. Mm-hmm. Amen. As the Bible says, count it all joy. <laughs> when you go out to various trials and, and testing and tribulations, you know, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience and let patience have its perfect work that you may be complete and whole, lacking nothing. So when you come out of it, you ain't going to be lacking nothing. So whatever you you're thought right. you needed, mm, you're going to be a lot further ahead. So we are, that's what I'm saying, but we can't seem to eat all these scriptures and be rejoicing, hallelujah, when we start in our storms because we can't see how it's going to work out. We, we can't endure what the fiery darts feel like, you know what I'm saying? Because them tears, sometimes they be coming out like water. And then, you know, it's, it's like the, the fear of, of the, the defeat and everything that just coming against your mind and just you like, I'm in this by myself, but you're not alone because that's why God is telling us this, that's how he's working it. All this, the scriptures out inside of us too, to let us know how we have inherited this good work, this good word. We have inherited this saints. This is a part of our legacy to know God and to know the knowledge of God. Like Paul said, it is, it is his desire. Every church that he planted is to grow in the knowledge and wisdom of Christ so that the people could be settled. They could have a foundation that they could rely on. And not when the false teachers came along, they was uprooting people, you know what I'm saying? That had a little strong strongness, you know what I'm saying? Rooted in the God. They was like, uh-uh, you can let that up. You can come party next week and go back to that. No, Paul was saying, uh-uh, don't be double-minded. James was saying, don't be double-minded. When you ask God for something, 
know that he's able to give it to you. But when you drift away and then you start trying to do it on your own or you just uh, don't care if God give it to you or not, a double-minded man will not get nothing from the Lord. So we have to get, have our, and God is so good. He'll, he'll put you in a position to want something from him or it don't have to be, I'm saying financially or something that, you know, in terms of material, but you need God to move in a situation that you know only it will be right if God power is in it and God moving a thing. So if y'all don't mind me just sharing, I, I want to kind of share. You do you mind me talking about this? Okay. We got we got some blessed news yesterday. Um it was just mind blowing. Going back 2019, the Lord told me in January, that it was going to be a glorious year. I wrote it down, starting from January. We went through all kinds of stuff in 2019. I documented things that were happening. I journal a lot. And so I begin to constantly fellowship with the Lord on that theme that, that it's going to be a glorious year. And I looked up what does glorious mean. So I would break down every word that God would give me so I could see signs and different things happening. But we, when we had our home when we purchased our home November 2018 we were told we was going to have to pay a supplement tax bill it was a one-time supplement tax bill one percent of our home so we have been looking for this bill we we never got it 20 2019 was a year from November 2018 we moved into our home still didn't show up so we still got the money to the side looking for the bill to come and we just know that we got to pay it. It's a one-time thing because constantly they kept telling us, save that money, don't spend it. So this is 2020 last year. Bill didn't come last year. We saying, okay, Lord, the money's still in the bank. What's going on? Not that we don't call down there or nothing because they said, wait for the bill to come to you. So we, they had, our, they got our address. They know who owned it. <laughs> so we, we can't escape that. So yesterday... Uh, yes, it was yesterday. So Thomas went on the tax website and put in our information and come to find out, um, they told us they owe us $12. <laughs> <laughs> and the tax supplemental bill, I think it was like four thousand. Hey. It's like four thousand dollars, and told us don't don't send them nothing. They're gonna send us twelve dollars refund. Now I said, I said, hold up, what year was this? They got marked down. 2019. They won't let us put in the November 2018 into the system. It kicks that year. It kicks that date out. So he put in November 2019. It said we owe y'all $12 and how much? Don't pay us nothing. We we owe y'all a check. I said, wait a minute. He said, do you see what this said? I said, I see it. It won't accept November 2018. It's at 2019. I said, Lord, you just you brought something back to me. I started throwing up my hands, walking around praising Him, saying glory That's to you. That's true. That's a blessing. It's a glorious year. And not only y'all are obedient too. I mean you play you stayed obedient and you got blessed for that. And and not, and not only that, y'all, it's just 2019. He blew our minds when he gave Thomas his 100 percent disability November the 25th. And because I kept saying, God, the year ain't over yet. Every month I would look at, okay, two more months left in this year. I kept telling Thomas, I ain't giving up. God says it's a glorious year. I mean, that glorious thing had to be such a bang to blow my mind. And it did blow my mind. And trust me, when November 25th, he logged on, we had came in from the store and it showed on the screen 100% permanently, totally disabled. And when he showed me that, we jumped up, we hollered, we screamed, we ran to the house. 
and we were just we were just flabbergasted, as they say. <laughs> we, were just, we were just knocked off of our feet. You know what I'm saying? And soon after that, things the devil jumped on me. Boy, he jumped on me. I mean, he was wrestling with me. I was on the floor crying. I'm saying the attacks are real. When they God speaks a word, guess what? It's, 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 it's a response coming from that word. Mm-hmm. It's action mm-hmm. coming forth. The, 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 his word is like bullets. They're, they're coming out. Stuff is happening. Stuff is forming. Things are being transpired. I mean, the physical evidence of his word is coming out. Mm-hmm. Just, like, just like when God spoke to the fig tree, he told the fig tree to die. Didn't a fig tree obey? It yep. didn't yield no more. It didn't yield no more fruit. Mm-hmm. So when yeah. God spoke to the sea, the sea yeah. spot when he calmed the sea when he was on that boat and they wanted to throw. You know what I'm saying? When he was sleeping, they was like the, his disciples was on the boat, worried about mm-hmm. being tossed over because a storm. They was gonna be shipwrecked. Jesus was down there sleep. So when Jesus woke <laughs> up, he spoke to the to the storm. He spoke to the waters, and they was like, "Who is this?" So uh-huh. God. Whatever he speaks, he speaks to the wood and the wood can crack. So know that God knows your address. He knows how to locate you wherever you are tonight, whatever you are in need of. We touch and agree that we serve the God of Isaac, Abraham, and Jacob. He is living. He is up. Never sleep nor slumber. His eyes are looking to and fro all across the earth, looking for the righteous. Someone who's going to serve him and strive and run like never before for that crown of eternal life. And I'm telling y'all, it wasn't the testimony tonight I wanted to share, but this one came yesterday. And I just figured I'd put this one out there out there for somebody because the next one I'll tell you next week. But um, that one's powerful. And so I, I just want to encourage you all to be uplifted. We welcome you to tell others about the line. Your, your discussions, your encouragement, your inspiration helps us because we know that we have to stay committed to this thing because we've been prepared to come this way and go this far in God to start all of this. And so we need help. We need people to sharpen us. We need discussion. We need to know what's going on in other areas that we know nothing about. And it helps us to know what to pray for, what that looks like. We heard about that, you know, because if you don't come together and, and inform people with what's going on, not just foolishness that the mm-hmm. news play, because they repeat the same thing all day. And so mm-hmm. we, we're talking about revealing the enemy's plans. We're talking about destroying his strongholds and telling the saints, open up your eyes. This is what the tricks, the trickery that's going on. So we just want to be sure that, we're getting the message out there. The seeds of faith is being planted because we know that God is yielding a true big harvest mm-hmm. and it's coming. And yeah, everybody who is, who's inputting, partaking in this, they will be rewarded. So we just open the floor to everybody. This is yes. not just about me and Thomas. This is about you all coming together, helping us with your victories and your faith and the word of God and your understanding that the Holy Spirit has anointed you to share. Because mm-hmm. all of us are anointed on this line. All of us are called to tell others about who Jesus is and what he means to you. And so that's why I don't hold back because I'm like, ain't nobody going to hold a mic too long with <laughs> my turn. God gave me so much. I ain't got whooped so much. I want to tell somebody about who my daddy is and my creator and how he had made the devil flee. You know what I'm saying? Because this thing is real. So I'm going to start right there. Amen. It's real. It's real. Amen. Amen. I just thank God for everybody on the call. And y'all just remember, we are called to bear witness to the goodness 
and the mercies of Jesus Christ. We are called in this season to walk in obedience to his will and his purpose. And when we do that, we become that temple of God, the temple where the Holy Spirit dwells within us. And, and that is the best thing that could ever happen to us because then we are shielded, we are protected. We have the whole armor of God on us. They, they, Paul talks about put on the whole armor of God. And, and that's not a, a simple feat. You got to put all those pieces on individually to make sure they're covered. Your head is covered, your heart is covered, your legs, your feet, and your groin. All those things are members in our body that we need to function and move. And, and the Bible tells us in him we move and we breathe and we have our being. So we need the, the scriptures. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives. We can't shuck and jive with it because the, the, the devil is sending darts. He's sending uh, adversaries. He's sending those things in our lives to find out where the kink in our armor is. And when we put on the whole armor of God, when we are obedient to his purpose and his calling, then no weapon formed against us will prosper. So we have to, we, we, it's just so, it's just so, you know, important for us to do that. And I'm going to conclude tonight's discussion tonight and let you all know that we love you all and we want you all to continue to be blessed here, continue to walk in the newness of God, continue to hunger and thirst for his word, hunger and thirst for, for righteousness, to understand what our calling is in the body of Christ. We're not outside the body of Christ just because we don't go to church on Sundays and dress up. We're in the body of Christ because we love Jesus, because we understand that it takes scripture, it takes fasting, it takes prayer, it takes commitment, that commitment word again. It takes commitment for us to grow and to love the Lord the way he desires to be loved. So, I'm going to stop right there and I'm going to say thank you all and God bless you. And if anyone has any closing remarks before we end with a word of prayer. Yeah, I wanted to say something right quick. Uh, thank you all for testimonies and uh, for the word. Actually, it goes uh, along the lines of what I was thinking earlier this morning. Uh, sort of cut off the TV because I had to focus on this. Uh, what this is, is actually my graduate school handbook. And uh, I was advised to get it and stay clingy to it because, you know, you were talking about commitment, covenant, so and, and various things like that. And so I realized just even earlier this, uh, this morning that uh, this is what I'll be dating for the next year because, and what this is, not only is it just my uh handbook for my program i got my approval uh, my dissertation my approval for my uh 900 class uh, meaning that i'm about to go to another level and in addition to that i just got to sign my dissertation supervisor which means that this is a serious level because uh after i complete the two comprehensive exams in the next class i will be a candidate status uh, meaning that uh, I only have four classes left before I walk next year. Wow. 
Uh, praise the Lord for that. So, congrats. So, congrats. Thanks. So this is a serious commitment. This is a serious date call. This is called seriously dating your dissertation uh, for the next year. And um, what it is, is it boils down to one word, and that's yes. Um, I do have on my vision boards, I'll probably show it. Um, one second. Okay. On one side, of course, I have my um, dissertation broke, broken down. I can't I see it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it now. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Yeah. On the other side, I have all of my whys as to why I'm doing this. And so it, broke, it breaks down to a few things. Number one, and chiefly, that you told God yes. All right. And so in honoring my yes and being faithful to that commitment and that covenant, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing, because this is what I saw at the age of three. Uh, <laughs> so this is why I'm chasing this and I'm not too far from it. Um, but in addition to that, there, there are many other reasons why. But the main reason is you told God yes, September 7th, 1995. And so um, I give God praise for this. Uh, and it's something to be faithful to, and it's something to be committed to, much along the lines of what's been discussed tonight. It's something to be faithful to, it's something to be dedicated to. Um, I'm four classes basically away after I complete these two classes in May. So uh, I give God praise for that, and I thank God for the encouragement uh, and the words of faith. Amen. 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 And, you know, and not to, not to, uh, tell too much of Marcel's business. Here's a man that completed his, uh, he's completing his doctorate's degree in a year and a half. So that means all of his assigned classes, all of the classes that he's had to take, he's completed 90% of them in a year's time. Now that's, that's a brainiac. I've, well, <laughs> Uh, absolutely the commitment the commitment level and the desire and the drive to want to complete something like that is a, a perfect example that we all should uh, you know take with us you know we can do all things through Christ that strengthens us and I say that is a perfect testament of your your drive and your commitment to living up to the calling that you Amen. that God has given you. Amen. Amen. And also happy birthday, by the way. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> Tomorrow's your birthday, so I want to make sure, you know, if, if everybody should know. Tomorrow's yeah. your birthday. So happy birthday. Yes, sir. Happy yeah. birthday. Thank you. Is that our cue to sing? I wasn't sure. <laughs> yes, go no, ahead, Troy. You sing it. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I, didn't say, I didn't say my cue. I said our cue. Oh, okay. <laughs> our cue. Happy birthday to, to you. you. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to you. Yeah. Happy birthday. I didn't hear Marcel. <laughs> Nights like this, I wish. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. I thought that count.
Thank you all for the birthday wishes. Thank you all. That really made my day. Made my day. And Toy, you even got a cool. Yo, yo, what's your key R? Your key R. I heard that key. Yeah, I heard it. Uh huh. I'm proud. Get it, Toy. Get it. (laughs) So I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I love you all so much for that. And we, I just want you all to just enjoy the rest of y'all week and know that we love you and we bless you and may everything that you all do prosper and everything be everything that you desire from the Lord. And we're going to end with prayer. Father God, we thank you for bringing us all together this evening. Even though, Lord, we started out with some difficulty, but we kept persevering. And we're so grateful, God, to hear every voice, every word that was shared, Lord, about who you are. We pray that you will forgive us for all of our sins. When we fall short, Lord, Lord, we pray that you will continue to draw us by your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we all want eternal life with you. We want your blessings and we want everything, oh God, to be in right standing with you. Lord, we thank you for the peace that you said that we can have as long as we strive to be your children. Lord, we all come humbly before you. The throne of grace, Lord, thanking you for what this grace means, Lord. This grace is our visa paid in full because of your son, Jesus' blood. Jesus, we thank you for saving us because of the blood. We all, Lord God, are not the people who we feel that we should be for you, but we are striving, Lord God, to understand what you want from us, Lord. We are committed to you. We are committed to telling the world that Jesus lives, that Jesus is our Lord and Savior, and we're not ashamed of the gospel. We are so grateful, God, for just for who you are. Jesus, we know that you are eternal, and we know that you have our names written in the Lamb's book of life, and we we are praying, Lord God, to finish your work here on earth, that our family members and our offsprings and our entire entire communities lord will be impacted by our testimonies by our opportunities that you are granting and giving to us lord lord we thank you for the keys of heaven we thank you for the keys lord god of the kingdom of heaven lord which is your word which is the access through our faith oh god god i pray that you will continue to form our minds to your word so that we will understand how to rightly divide the word of truth so that we can help others to come towards the light jesus jesus we know that you are the living christ and christ we pray and thank Thank you for everything that you have for us is hidden in you. Everything, oh God, we know is yes and amen in you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for reconciling us through Christ to bring us closer to you, Father God. We're so grateful, God. We believe in what everything the gospel is saying and the foundation of the word, Lord, is true. Even though, God, we're not always right. We're not always true, but you are. And God, we fear you. We fear you with fear and trembling. And Lord, we pray that you will bless our travels this year. Bless our finances this year, oh God. Bless and Lord, we ask that you would erase all the debt, Lord God. Those who want to be debt-free, Lord, I pray that a miraculous thing, a miracle, Lord God, will come to their homes, Lord. You know everybody's address. You know how to locate us, God. God, we know many of us are waiting on promises that have been spoken over our lives that you said will come to pass, Lord. Lord, help us to stop being anxious for those things, Lord, because you do know where we live, God. And God, we want to lay it at your feet. We want to lay these things at your at, at your hand, Lord God. And, and 
we pray that you would give it to us, Lord God, the things that we are hungering and thirsting for that would feel so marvelous, Lord, to know that it came from you, God. God, we don't want nothing that the enemy has. We don't want nothing to do with darkness, nor evil, nor wicked people, God. We ask that you would root those people up out of our lives, Lord, uproot those people out of our lives, oh God. All the bad things that they have said about us, Lord, help us to have an erased memory, Lord, that we would think positive thoughts and positive things, oh God, that you have planted into our spirits tonight, Lord, to go forward in you. Lord, many are called, but few are chosen. We showed up tonight, God, because we believe we are the chosen. We are the chosen, God. We are, I'm prophesizing that into our lives on tonight, Lord, that we all will reach our destiny in you, Christ Jesus. We will all be in victory together, rejoicing and singing hallelujah by and by, oh God. God, you know the date, you know this date right now in the spirit realm and in the natural, oh God. God, you stepped out of eternity into time, Lord, to see who we are and where we would be at this hour talking about you, Lord. And we thank you for feast, letting us feast over your word, Lord. Lord, let our hearts and our bellies continue to be full of your living waters, your living truth, oh God. Wash us clean with the word, Lord. As we understand your word, Lord, help us to put down those things that are dark and, and demonic and those things that do not give us peace and we cannot rest at night. Lord, I pray that you will break the binds of witchcraft. Lord, I pray that you will continue to just plead the blood, Lord God, over all of us, God. We are marked by the blood, Lord. You smell your aroma on us, oh God, according to our cry in the wilderness, Lord. I pray that you will continue to bring us to the marvelous light, Lord. We want to dance, we want to shout, oh God, into the rivers of eternal life, Lord. I'm just grateful, God, that my son made it tonight, Lord. Continue to touch many, Lord God, that he's connected to, Lord, that are hungering and thirsting, Lord God, for a good life, a life of peace, a life of love. Lord, there's so many people that may have things, but they have no eternal nor internal peace, Lord. Lord, we are asking you, oh God, to just let your power fall upon us, Lord. Give us joy. Let us fellowship and be be brothers and sisters and family members in the body of Christ. Lord, we thank you for letting us know that you called us up and woke us up this morning. Lord, you called us all by our names, God. You knew our names before our parents gave us these names. And Lord, we're grateful, Lord God, because they mean something. They have great meaning, oh God. And God, I just thank you right now that we will all fulfill our purpose according to your will and plan that is written already in eternal life. In Jesus' name, bless us all, Lord God, to come back together in fellowship next week. And we will be very grateful, Lord God, to plead your blood, Jesus, over all of us. We are all healed by your stripes. We will all be continually loved and protected and granted favor, oh God. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen. 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 Absolutely. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Y'all have a wonderful night and have a blessed night. And we will talk to you all next week. Or sooner. Yes, feel free to text or email. Yeah, I'm going to hit y'all up tomorrow. Happy anniversary, too. It was early anniversary. I was like, y'all going to have a great weekend. Y'all deserve it. That's right. Happy birthday to both of y'all and happy anniversary. We'll send you pictures, too. Please do, yeah. Oh, another photo shoot? Oh, great. It's This is going to be out at the park. You got a photo shoot every year. Every year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yes, All right. Bye. I love everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.